Heavenly Father, just guide us now, will you? Every heart, speak to everyone. Prepare every heart. Remove every distraction so that we can hear from you. Because at the end of the day, God, we know that before we can be rewarded, there is always a process. Help us not to claim the reward, but run away from the process. Will you teach us now what the process to the declaration looks like? We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Look at your neighbor and say he's getting ready to talk to you. Look at the other one and say, is your heart ready? Look back at the first one and say, I'm not so sure. <laughs> Woo! Here we go. Um, we're going to do a record. I have, to, I have to do this three times a year during our Easter service. I have to do this, a record sermon. Usually I preach for about an hour. Today they have given me some time. Uh, um, as Jada just shared, we're in, uh, I haven't gotten permission to tell this story, but it's a great story, so I'm going to tell it. Uh, we're in Jamaica this last week. We had a great time, an incredible time. And, and there's a video I want you to see because there's a story I want to tell about a young lady that's in the room, uh, but she doesn't know that I have this video lined up. So, so, so uh, we went to this, we went to this little, little water park, a water park. And in this water park, uh, there are many slides coming down. But then there's this one section that has this big bucket, everybody. And the big bucket gets filled up with water. And then over time, it spills over onto the kids in the pool. Right? So it, it's supposed to happen about every minute and a half or so, this thing cascades down and drenches anybody that is uh, under it. So, do, do we have the video? Can, can, we, can we play it real quick? Do you have it? Do you have it? This is what, this what it's supposed to look like. Let's see if they have it. They might not have it. They might, they'll have it for the second service. But let's see if they have it for this one. But it looks like they don't. So let me just tell you the story. So y'all, for real. My beautiful, amazing, your first lady, she is walking y'all. We're, we're at the pool, so you should know you're going to get wet. But she's looking finer than ever. She's in this white covering that goes all the way down. She is floating around, ladies and gentlemen, as if she is some goddess that they are lucky to be in the presence of. She is looking finer than she ever has, and she is walking around. But she has her headsets in. Oh, is the video there? Oh, here it is, here it is. No, you, I'm not, I didn't get it. If I had gotten it, it would be perfect. But I didn't get the video, but I want to show you what it's like, right? So let, can you press play? Let's see if you press play, and let's see what's going on. So you see, it gets filled up right here, and then whoever is under here, all right? So that's, that's my son trying to get under there real quick. That's intentional, right? And so then, then what's supposed to happen is this thing is going to come over, but it's frozen, and it's supposed to just douse them all, all right? Take the video off, and they work it. Anyways, um, so then... My beautiful, amazing, incredible, the one and only Jada Anae Coben Edwards. She is walking and she has her phone in one hand, her brand new, amazing, not Apple, but Android phone. And she is, she is, she, <laughs> hey, 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 I don't have all that time, so keep it down. 
I don't have all the time. Come on. So anyways, so she is walking around. She's studying because she's preaching tomorrow. She's studying and, and, and she's walking and she's, she and God is just enjoying an intimate time. And she forgets about this bucket that's being filled with water. And in God's perfect wisdom and timing, she walks right under it. But because she has the headset and her little things in her phone, that's all color coordinated and it looks like the color of her skin and she just is majestic walking through here and the moment it's as if God set this up perfectly she is prancing around and the moment she steps into the path of the water it's the perfect timing when it is going to now cascade <laughs> ladies and gentlemen it was the most beautiful sight <laughs> Y'all, y'all, here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. What's funny is that she, she, when it happened to her, she was like, she, she, because she can't hear, it was until the water reached about right here that she knew something was about that. It was right here, but she has her earphones plugged in, so she couldn't, she couldn't realize and didn't hear it. And so the moment she heard it, she did this, but it was way too late. <laughs> and then the first thing she does is she looks over to me <laughs> to see if I was looking. <laughs> but I was not looking. And so she had to come tell me the whole story. And I said, Lord, couldn't you have just allowed your chosen one to see this experience? So she's now walking around, worried about her phone, whether or not her phone was going to work. She's now worried about the paper she had. She's worried about her, her beautiful hair that was all ready. She was going to walk, step into the pool, but she wasn't going to get, uh, you know, into the pool. But now everything was wet. It was incredible. Her kids were laughing. Her husband was laughing. And I wish I could have gotten the whole community pool to laugh. Ah, I promise you, come back tomorrow. She's going to tell one about me too. Anyways, um, um, here's what I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned that next year, there are buckets that the enemy wants to drench your fire with. They're predictable. I'm going to give you all four. You're going to know them, and they're going, to, they're going to hinder you from accomplishing God's divine purpose for your life. But I'm going to tell you what they are, so you're going to know exactly what they are. My, my concern is that you're going to say, uh, that's not going to bother me. I'm good, and you're going to be just like Jada, who thought everything was all right, and then all of a sudden, she is drenched. The fire extinguished. And I'm going to give you four of them. I guarantee you, you're going to face all four. Not maybe, all four you will face this next year. And the question is, are you going to be like Noah, who's who we're talking about today? When God asks you to do something that's never been done before, when he asks you to be in an environment that you have no business being in, and now you go into the environment and God says, I want you to live differently than everybody else in that environment. And he's going to call you and say, are you going to quit? Or are you going to accomplish what I've called you to do? There are four of them in the notes. You'll see them all. I promise you these four you will experience this year. Here we go. Let's go through. The first one is called cultural distractions. 
I promise you you're going to face this, cultural distractions. In other words, the world has defined success, and the problem is many of us are running after the world's success and not God's success. God says, if you're going to be successful, Joshua chapter 1, he says there are four things you need to do. You need to know that I have a customized purpose and plan for you, and you must be about it, or you're, you're going to be successful but in the wrong thing. Number two, he says, if you're going to do what I call success, then it must benefit other people. It must, three, advance my kingdom. And lastly, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to be successful, God says, here's what you have to do. You've got to make sure you're obeying him completely. He says, if you're not doing that, you Sermon's over right now. They said uh, they did that intentionally for the glory of God. I got you, A.V. Anyways, um, here's how the world defines success. These are the distractions that's going to pull you away. There are four of them. Pleasure is going to pull you away. Pursuing possessions is going to pull you. Nothing wrong with pleasure, nothing wrong with possession, but everything wrong with why you're running after it popularity. If you're still getting frustrated because you only have 10 likes, there's something wrong with you. The last one is profit. You just want to make more and more and more and more and more. And because this is what the world identifies success as. And so if this is all you're pursuing and not pursuing what God's called you to do and not pursuing it benefiting somebody else and not pursuing it advancing his kingdom, then you are marching to the wrong drumbeat. You see, ladies and gentlemen, Noah is 600 years old and God says, I want you to build something that you've never seen before. I want you to experience something, rain from above that you've never seen before. And I want you to do it, listen now, I want you to do it for 120 years. And by the way, the assignment that I'm giving you is only going to last 100 days. But the, but the, the, the preparation for it is going to take 120 years. The challenge is, many of us want the blessing, but we don't want the preparation. There are way too many of us that want to quit jobs way too prematurely when God's trying to mature you, but you want to quit because you see easy money somewhere else. And because the rest of the world does it, then you're going to follow the rest of the world. It sounds something like this. This is the drumbeat of the world. Pleasure. Possession. Profit, popularity, power, everything that you want. That the world says, I'm good. Everything that you want. And the world says, that's the drumbeat everybody should march to. God says, uh-uh. I looked at Noah, chapter 6, roundabout verse number 8. Pick it up for me. Let me see. Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. God says, uh, Genesis chapter 1. When he was finished building everything, he said, it is, that's not everybody. He said, it is, in Genesis chapter 6, he said, everything I created, it was bad. 
How you get to Genesis chapter 1 and you get to Genesis chapter 6 and everything is reversed? Because they didn't follow God's formula for success. They followed their own because they had their own drumbeat. Here's how bad it was. Listen, here's what the text says. The text says, every person was so wicked that even their intentions were evil. Their, you know, this is what I feel like doing, evil. This is what I think I should do, evil. This is what I have a desire to do, evil. Everything they even thought about was Bring, bring another, I need another drummer in here. Bring another drummer in here. Another, I need another drummer. So God says, I, the world says, I want you to march to this. And many of us are doing it. So the only reason you leave one job and go to the other is so that you can make more money. Because you're worshiping the money God. The reason God can't get you to tithe is because you think it's your money. And you, you want to do what you want to do with your money. The reason you know that you're marching to a different drumbeat is when you decide, God, I'm going to give you first. But you still didn't do it all of last year, and you don't plan to do it all of this year either because you plan to walk to the drumbeat of the rest of the population. So everything you listen to, okay, stop. No, your, your turn. Give me a different beat now. Go ahead. There we go. So God wants you to march to a different drumbeat, but you still messing with the world. And God says, that's not the people I find favor with. The people I find favor with is those who know the gritty. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord because he was a righteous man in a wicked culture. Let me ask you the question. Are you a righteous person in the midst of the company that you work for? Are you a righteous person in the midst of the family that you're a part of? Are you a righteous person in the midst of your sorority? Are you a righteous person in the midst of your small group? Are you? Or are you just joining their drumbeat and living like they are. I'm just telling you, cultural distractions is going to face you. And like Jada, if you're not ready for it, you're going to be walking. And all of a sudden, how did I get here? Because you weren't alert to what the world has to offer. Number two, let's go. Number two. The second one, the second one, I promise you, all four are vital. The second one is voices of doubt. <laughs> voices of doubt. You're going to have, Noah had some, some critics, some cynics. He had the culture going against him, and he had competition going against him. Noah decided, I'm going to build this boat. So can you imagine, for real, just listen and think about this for a moment. Can you imagine what Noah's kids said? Daddy, they laugh at me every time I go to school. Because you're building this big old thing. And ain't nobody know what you're building. And every time I go to school, they're saying, it's his, his daddy. That's what he do. Can you imagine everywhere you go, you're the laughing stock. People looking at you like, why are you taking up all our wood? It could be good furniture. And you making a big old boat. Ain't nobody. We don't even know what rain is. You're talking about rain. We don't even know what a boat is because we ain't never seen one before. 
Can you imagine everybody criticizing every facet of your Christian life? Why are you still living that way? Come on, get free. Don't live under any Bible. The Bible is old-fashioned. Leave it alone. You don't have to live that way. You're free. He made you free. Do you is the cultural cry. The voices of culture are saying, why would you ever uh, save yourself? Are you kidding me? For what? The culture is saying, why everybody else cheat on their taxes? Why don't you? Ooh, I almost said Trump did it, but I won't. Um, um, that's, I'm sorry. I, that just came out. It should not come out. Uh, my bad. Scrap it from the tape. No, we can't. It's live already. Sorry. Um, anyways. Um, 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 in every single area of your life, they're critics. And they're going to criticize you for, start, for trying to live your life for the glory of God. You need to know that whatever God's calling you to do, whatever his customized purpose is for you to do, somebody is going to say to you, it will never work. Somebody's going to say to you, give up. Stop posting. Only five people like it. And if you're not careful and you keep listening to their voice, you're going to stop. And it will lead to your demise. The, the cynic is going to say, come on, man. Are you kidding me? You got the wrong heart anyways. Come on, Noah. You're just taking it all up so you can look like you're important. Come on. Man. That's what the cynic will say. And they'll say the same thing to you. But apart from these four, I'm concerned about you and what's in your own mind. Because for some of us, we self-sabotage ourselves more than anybody else. Because you're thinking, well, I've never bound too much. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. Everybody is better than me. Because you're, you're trusting and listening to the voices and not to Yahweh God. Instead of listening to the voices, what you should do instead, if you look to the back, you'll see it, is you ought to, number one, you ought to be different. Number two, to counteract these voices, you ought to walk with God. Now think about walking with God for a moment. Walking with God assumes three things. They're all in your notes. Number one, you should have alignment. Number two, you should have agreement. And number three, you should have affiliation. Affiliation says, listen, you love being with God. Agreement says, y'all going in the same direction. And then the last one, alignment says, we in rhythm together. Hey, where's Pastor Luke? Pastor Luke, where you at? Come out here, Pastor. I need a... I need a um, I need, I need somebody to come tie something. Pastor Matt, you come up here then, since I don't know where Pastor Luke is. Here's what he says. Oh, there you go, Pastor Luke. Come on, this is our Prosper Campus pastor, everybody. Come on, let's hear it for Pastor Luke. <laughs> pastor Luke, um, you, you know the old three-legged race, right? You know that old three-legged race? Pastor Luke, put, put those two things right here. Let me show them what an old three-legged race. Pastor Luke, that's a little tight. That's a little tight now. That's a little tight. Did you get it, Pastor Luke? So a three-legged race means that you're in sync with each other. You're supposed to be. And you're supposed to be in rhythm with each other. And so you're supposed to just walk like this. Oh. Why, why, why you? Yeah, there you go. There you go. There, that's what it's supposed to look like, y'all. That's what it's supposed to look like. Now, 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 now. Some of us say we have a relationship with God. But this is what it looks like. Go that way, Pastor Luke. It looked like this. Okay, hold on. That's too tight on my leg, Pastor Luke. That's true. That does hurt. Take that off. Take that off. Take that off. That's too tight. Can you even take it off? Okay, there we go. So here's what it looked like. Just imagine it's down there. So we're supposed to be going the same way, but Pastor Luke's going that way, and I'm going this way because we really don't have the quality of relationship that we come to church and proclaim that we have. Which is why the voices are louder than the Word of God. 
That is why you love to listen to a podcast of somebody else instead of reading the Bible for yourself. It's the reason why you listen to more podcasts than you ever read your Bible. Because you want to hear the voices of the culture as if the voices of the culture is going to save you when you're in the pit. But what God says is, no, I want you to come on back out here, Pastor Luke. No, I need to do something else. Where are you going so quick? Come on back. Now what God wants you to do is he wants you to be tethered to his word. So wherever his word is, that's where you are, which is why he says meditate on it day and night. But you don't want to meditate. You know more about the football game, more about Dak's record, more about whoever TCU that's going to the, to the, to the, to the final. You know more about that than you do about God's word. You can name all kinds of stats, but you can't name four Bible verses apart from Jesus wept. And for God so loved the world. And you think the enemy is not going to tee his whole plan up for you since you, are, since you don't have no word in your soul? But what he says is, come on, now let's see if we can put this one together. I think it's going to be a better partner than you were. Uh, so let's see how that works. It's still tight, Pastor Luke. So what he wants you to do is he wants you to be so affiliated with the word of God that you love it. So much in agreement with the word of God that you want to do wherever he says. That's why he says his word will be a lamp unto your feet. A light unto your path. You want to be so in alignment and in rhythm with his word that when the voices of the culture comes, you can say that ain't in the word. I'm rejecting it. But if you don't know the word, that's why you believe the, the sooner as somebody hurts your feelings, you need to cut them out of your life. That ain't in the word. That's in the culture. Because that person is the person that God wants to use to mature you. But when you don't want to be matured, you just want to quit. That's why you're so willing to quit so quickly instead of abiding in God's word. Oh, I need to have 10 people say amen right there. I need to have 10, 10 people right there say, oh, my God. That's why, that's why when people say, do you, you think that's in the word. It's not. That's in the culture. And that's why you love, yeah, I'm just going to do me. I'm just going to do me. I'm just going to do me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. But you want to make sure you do you because it's popular for the culture to say that. When God tries to mature you in the midst of a difficult circumstances, you want to abort his plan so you can do yours. Pastor Luke, this is tight. Get it off quickly, please. It is really tight. Blood circulation stopping right there. Praise the Lord. Oh, God. Thank you, Pastor Luke. Please handle the word of God clearly. Excellent job. Number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. I got to go. Number three. Number three is devastating detours. I promise you, all these coming your way. What's number one, everybody? Come on, shout it out. What's number one? Cultural distractions. What's number two? Voices of doubt. Number three, devastating detours. Now, a detour means a shortcut. In other words, you're looking to get to where God wants you to be in your time and not in God's. So you're going to go through and you're going to have all these. It's called a moral shortcut. An ethical shortcut, a financial shortcut, or a relational shortcut. But you're going to try to get to where God wants you to go quicker than God intended you to get there. And whenever you do that, you're ending up in trouble. Which is why so many of you want to do it your way. 
What does your way mean? That's why, aren't you tired of being on 15 different dating sites? I get a strong pull over here. Let me talk to you. Aren't you tired? I'm, okay, okay, okay. How many sites? Why don't you take off a month and see what God says? And don't respond to nobody. And just see what God says before you want to exit and say, okay, let me go try again. Haven't you been disappointed enough? Before you're just always trying to make it up your way instead of trusting God. You always want shortcuts. Instead of trying your best you know how to do it God's way. In other words, so look at the solution. Turn it back over. Here's the solution to that. You ought to obey God completely. Instead of being taking these detours, obey God completely. What did Noah do? Every single time, chapter 6, verse 22, chapter 7, verse 5, chapter 7, verse 16, it says the same thing. Noah obeyed God completely. Every detail he followed. If you're not even attracted to his word, then you're not going to care what he says. Which is why you have to live in it. Which is why you don't eat somebody else's chewed up word. Which is why you better be careful about chewing everybody else's chewed up word. Which is why what you want is your own fresh manna from God. Which is why we do a whole Bible study in a year where you walk through the Bible so God can teach you stuff. The preacher ain't the only one that gets insight from God. You get it too. If you're a self-feeder of the word of God, then you get it too. So maybe what you need to start this year is Bible study methods. So you can mind the word of God for yourself. Because maybe the world wouldn't be so attractive if you, if you just knew the word of God. Ah, too many of us try to do it all on our own. In my hand, everybody know what this is, right? It's a, it's a motor oil, right? It's a motor oil. Um, and this right here, most of you, unless you're a mechanic, you have no idea what this is. But this, you are grateful for this. Every last one of us are grateful for this little source in all of our cars. I promise you, without this, you would be doing muscle building every time you turn a corner. Every time. In 1951, Chrysler Dodge came up with the power steering. Before the power steering, it looked like this. <clears throat> Aren't you glad you don't have to deal with power steering? Here's the difference. So they'd have to try, 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 try. Today. With one finger. But the power don't come from you. The power come from something that's built inside to help you on the outside. So what seems hard is now made easy because of somebody else's power. I wish I had a witness in here. If you will just stop trying to do it on your own and rely on the power that raised Jesus from the dead. My God, my God, my God, my God. But if you don't know the word, you don't know the power you got. Which is why it comes back to, there's no wonder why every time you try to study the word, you fall asleep. That's why you like to listen to somebody else entertain you around the word. 
Because that's what the devil wants to do. He, want, he does not ever want you to be a person that depends on the spirit to reveal truth to you. He wants you to depend on a man to give you the truth he or she knows. The problem with that is they can be giving you wrong truth, but because it sounds good, you receive it and you think it's coming from God when it's only coming from man. That's why you're struggling in your life. That's why you can't turn the car off your life. Because you're eating chewed up word. I got to go. One more. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. The last one says this. Discouraging delays. Discouraging delays. These all four. Let's, let's repeat them because some of y'all don't know how to write them down. So let's get it for you. Number one is cultural distress. That's not everybody. Come on. You're going to walk out of here. No, You're going to go tell your kids. Your kids are going to tell you what they learned. And you're going to tell them too. Number one is what? That's right. Number two is voices of. Number three is devastating. My God. Number four, discouraging delays. When you're doing what God's called you to do this next year, loneliness is going to sit in because ain't nobody has ever done what you're trying to do. So now you're going to say, nobody gets me. Nobody understands me. Nobody knows the weight of this. I'm trying. And nobody knows. Nobody in my family has ever done it before. I'm trying to blaze a new path. But there's nobody that can identify with me. And if you're not careful, you're going to press pause. And you're going to cause an unnecessary delay. Because you're looking for cheerleaders. But when you're blazing a new path. And you are on the front lines. Ain't nobody understand but God what he's called you to do. Jesus. Number two. Fatigue. You're going to get tired. And you're going to get worn out. And you're going to say, is there anybody? And you got to watch those moments because those are the moments when you're most vulnerable. You got to watch it. Number three, you're going, to be, you're going to start comparing yourself. Well, they have it so much easier than me, God. Why didn't he give me the vision they have so that it would be as easy as theirs is? Because he didn't call you to follow them. He called you to follow him. And you've got to do what he's called you to do. The last one is, here we go, impatience. Here's the cry of the American people. I want what I want, and I want it now. And that is the antithesis of how God works. God says, the fruit of the Spirit. This is how you know who God is. The fruit of the Spirit. One of them is patience. So God says, I need to make sure I can trust you. Because if I give you this prematurely, you're going to think everything is going to come premature. So I've got to make sure you can trust me and not lean on your own understanding. In light of that, he says... Never give up. Turn the page over. He says, never give up. Never give up. Look at the person and say, never give up. Look at the other one and say, for real, never give up. <clears throat> Here's, what he says to, Here's what he says to us. This is very important. Here's what he says to us. He says, there is a sin of quitting that's plaguing our world today. Uh-huh. <laughs> a sin of quitting. In other words, the enemy knows that... He, what he wants to do is highlight the blessings of quitting, but minimize and hide the cost of quitting. So that's why when you're ready to quit whatever you're doing, you know what you, you, know, you, you, know what you want? I just want relief. I just want to be out of here. I just want relief. And you think relief equals freedom. But every now and again, 
God don't want you to quit. He actually wants you to stay. Because maturity is in the staying. And there's stuff he's trying to teach you in the midst of it. That if you give up now, you will only have to learn it the next time around. And so I'm pleading with you, never give up. When he's giving you that God-given goal, that God-given dream, you want, never give up. Look at the person beside you and say, never give up. Look at the other one and say, never give up. Now I want everybody to take this out and then we're done. Take this out. This, everybody, for real, I need to take it out. Because you're going to make a decision today. You're going to make a decision today. And by the way, in our church, when it comes to the last four minutes of service, that's not when you walk out. Because that's when God's doing his most important work. So this is not, this is not a movie theater that you come and get entertained until you can leave when the credit starts. When the credit starts, that's when we're giving God most glory. So this is not when you walk up and go, okay, I got what I want. Let me leave now. No, no, no. That's what the culture tells you to do. That's not what the word tells you to do. So when somebody's making a decision for Christ, that is not the time to say, let me get out so I can be first to the parking lot. Because then you put in God's work secondary to your comfort, which might be distinctively American, but it's not distinctively biblical. Preach, Pastor Conway, preach. You're saying it now, but don't get excited. I got to go. Um, um, so here we go. I want, I, want, I want you to make a decision. I want everybody in here. You need to make a decision. You need to say, God, I, I'm going, it just can't be same old, same old next year. I need to do something different for your glory. If you're going to be successful, you must know your calling. You must be attentive to it and carry it out. If you're going to be successful this next year, if you're going to be your best year yet, you've got to make sure other people are benefited. You've got to make sure God's kingdom is being advanced. Because if it's not, you might be successful, but it's according to the world's standards. So go find what God's called you to do. So, well, I don't care what it is here. I don't know if it's, you've never been baptized and you need to be baptized. I don't know if it's, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You used to do it as a lone ranger. Now God's asking you to do it uh, with other people and for you to join a group. You, maybe you need to read through the Bible. In a year. I don't care what it is. But you need to make a spiritual decision right now. So everybody, on the sound of my voice, I want you to do it. And as you go outside, there are boxes embedded in the wall. I want you to put it in there. And then we're done in the name of Jesus. Let me pray for you. Um, also, by the way, if you have a giving envelope, as you go outside, there are boxes embedded in the wall. By the way, you are the most generous church in all of America. I'm telling you, I am blown away by your generosity. By the way, if you don't tithe, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the rest of the body. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Anyways, let me pray for us, and then we're done. Because my time is done, and there's another service coming. Father, thank you for showing us the life of Noah. Thank you for having a call on every person in the auditorium, every person online, every person in the atrium. Thank you for having a call on every person's life. From the baby in the room, to the teenager, to the college student, to the seasoned saint. God help us all to run after it hard. Because they're so much at stake if we ignore it and walk away from it and pursue what the culture says is success. Will you help every person not wrestle, not sit still until they know what you've called them to do? Thanks for this opportunity. Will you bless your people? Will you provide favor upon each of their lives? We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, put your hands together for God. Come on.